How you guys doing? Yeah. You all right? It's raining outside. Maybe it's a little jury. It's been like that all week, huh? Weekend at least, huh? Somebody told me we had eight inches of rain. I don't know if that's, is that true? <laughs> hey guys, my name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor here at Renewal Church. You're probably like, what is going on right now? The video just ended and he comes up talking crazy. It is good to be here with you guys. If you're new with us, I just want to say welcome to you. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for being here. Just to reiterate what Tony said, won't you just fill out one of those connect forms, connect cards. They're right there on the info table. If you didn't get one on your way in, we would love to hear from you. You know who you are. I, I love to call each one of you guys, take you out to eat or get some kind of coffee or tea just to get to know who's coming to our church, who's trying to get plugged in here. And if you've been here for a while and you just want to get plugged in, why don't you just jump in? You can indicate on there how you want to serve and be a part of what God is doing here at Renewal too. So we want to hear from you. We want to know who you are. So I look forward to calling you guys and getting to know who you are. And as you saw on the film, what we want to do each week, you're going to see these through the next couple of weeks or so, is we're doing these things called renewal stories. Moments here at Renewal where you get to hear from folks that have been at our church for a while and some that are new and just see what God is doing in and through their lives. Jay and Aisha, you saw Jay, I love Aisha's hat, you know, she took me back to the black church with that joint on. She had that, the, 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 the mama hat on, you know, the hat when you come to church and you can't see over, that type of hat. And she, she had, y'all, y'all ain't never been to the black church, huh? That's what, that's what we wear, right? She had that hat on. I love it. Um, and Jay and Aisha, we met them. It was in Home Goods. Home Goods. Uh, we were, I don't know what we were doing. We were just shopping for something. And my daughter, I think it was Eliana, was running around and her and little JJ, they didn't know each other. They just thought, well, we just play with each other. And they, they're running around and stuff. I'm like, yo, get that, get away from that little boy. We don't, we don't do that. <laughs> We don't do that, but they, they just kept on playing, and then we said, well, let's go get some frozen yogurt. We went there, and they, they're there, too, so they just keep on playing, so we said we might as well get to know each other. We got to know each other. That's the week before our church started, and they've been here since day one. They've been here since the beginning. Love that family. You, you heard Jay's accent, but when we get on the court, there's no tea and biscuits anymore. It's, it's, it's no London anymore. It's, it's straight game on the basketball court. If you want to play ball with us next, next Sunday, I think we're playing here at the church, but it's just been an awesome time to just grow in fellowship and what God is doing here at Renewal. So we want to just give you a brief moment when you get to see those videos to see what God is doing in and through the life of our church here with our people. So look out for those videos as they pop up as we're going through our new series called Crossing Lines. We just started that last week. Did you guys enjoy last week? Is it challenging? It's been challenging for me to just think about what it looks like to cross over into lines or relationships with other individuals that are, that are not necessarily like me. Don't look like me. Don't eat like me. Don't vote like me. Don't make more money than me or, 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 or live in a different neighborhood or, or, or somebody I just don't like. You see, but the gospel, and we get this from Matthew 22, where you see Jesus being challenged by the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They ask him, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, well, you got to love the Lord God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. But then he says, the second one is just like that. You got to love your neighbor as yourself. And see, that's tough because the question becomes, well, who is our neighbor? Who's our neighbor? And our neighbor, it's not just the person that lives next to you that you see all the time and you eat with them and you say hello, you water their grass when they're not at home and all those good things. I mean, it's the person that you see on the street. It's the person you see at your job. It's the person that doesn't vote like you and you, y'all maybe are at odds sometime. It's the, the neighbor is not always the individual that you like to be around. 
Hence, in the passage, Jesus is talking to some Pharisees and Sadducees, people he does not like. But he's giving them the time of day and he's sitting with them and he's continually giving them his heart. So we want to be a people here as we're in this series that when we say crossing lines, we're not a people that looks at the line and says, well, that individual across the line, I'm going to wait for somebody else to minister to them. No, no, no. We want to see the line and say there's a dividing wall there. There's one that may be a little uncomfortable for me, but I'm going to step over the line. I'm going to step in the relationship with somebody else. And you know why we do that? Not because we just want to do something or be about something, but because Jesus did that first with us. He stepped over the first line with you and I. When he steps out of heaven, all of us are enemies of the cross. All of us do not know Jesus. All of us, no matter how good you think you are, we all have sin. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And he says, you know what? Even though they're they're not like me, they're not holy and blameless like me, I still love my children. I still love my son or my daughter. And you know what? I'm going to step out of heaven and step across the line. And he died for us. And because of that, as believers, we're compelled to do the same thing with other people, whether we like them or not. That's the gospel. We want to cross lines with one another. And I'm excited for this series. I'm excited for what God is going to do here in our church as we talk about parenting and how that relationship looks like with your kids and how that should be displayed before everybody else or marriage or singleness or co-workers or just the least of these. And today I'm excited for what we're about to get into because as we thought about what do we want to talk about, we thought about, thought about too that, that the neighbor is, is, is folks that you really don't think about a lot of times, the marginalized, the poor, the widow, the orphan. I mean, you look at the Bible, there's over 2,300 verses that speak to God's heart for the widow, the poor, and the orphan. You think God doesn't care about them? No, no, God really cares about them. So therefore, the heart of the believer, we, we should too. And so when we sat down and thought about this, I said, well, I could preach on this. Definitely, I could preach on it. You hear me talk about it all the time. But instead of me preaching on it, when Luke and I got together, the elders of the church, we said, look, who can do this? And we said, nobody could talk about this better than Deb. Deb has started a ministry called Pure and Faultless, and it's in several countries. And I'm so excited. She's told me about this since day one. She's been here. I think little Z came out of children's ministry. He was like, man, we got to come back, mama. So they've been back every day since the beginning. And I'm so excited for what she's about to say to you guys. Deb, as she's superwoman, y'all. I mean, literally. I mean, she, she probably got the, the, the joint on underneath right now. There's just, just the S on the chest. That's, that's who she is, superwoman. Three kids that she's adopted. I mean, she's a lawyer. And on top of that, y'all don't know this, but Deb did a lot of administration here at the church for a long period of time. She ran our kids' ministry for at least a year. I don't know how she did all of this or how she has the time to do it. But like I said, she's superwoman. But I'm so thankful. I call her Mama Deb. She's been there for me. Um, and I call her in times of need too, and she's been awesome. Um, so if you don't get, you don't know her, then you need to get to know her. All right. This is what I want to do as she's coming to the stage to share her heart this morning. Would you put your hands together for her? (laughs) Good morning, everyone. When I agreed to do this, I forgot we had two services. It's an honor for me to be here this morning and an honor for me to share with you a little bit about my family's journey and a piece of my testimony. My name is Deb Steiner and my three kids and I have been attending Renewal um, 
since the third Sunday back in 2014. Um, and these are my precious children, if you haven't met them. And I, I actually had to bring a second picture because I think this is a much better representation of our crew. Um, <laughs> They were in the first service, and as I said to them um, individually while they were here, they were my best yes to Jesus. The three of them are my best yes. Um, we love Renewal, and we became members about as quick as we could after we found this church. And I'm excited today to share with you about an organization that some friends of mine and I started, a passion of mine called Pure and Faultless. Pure and Faultless was started back in 2014, right around the same time that Renewal went, um, was publicly launched. Pure and Faultless was based on um, the words of James chapter 1, verses 22 to 27. So before we go any further, let's jump right into those verses. So if you have a Bible, a smartphone, anything that will show you the scripture, and it'll be on the screen as well, turn with me to James chapter 1, verses 22 to 27, and if you're able, stand while we read the word of God. Verse 22 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For if he looks at himself and goes away and at once forget what he was like, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his heart. This person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. The word of God. Today I want to share with you about how God has released my family and me to city and world impact through Pure and Faultless, and share with you how these verses in James challenge us to be hearers and doers of the word, caring for people in need. I've entitled this message, Find Your Passion and Light That Fire. But before we get going, let's say a prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for being here this morning, Lord. We welcome you into this space. And as the song says, Holy Spirit, and come and do what only you can do. God, please hide me behind the cross. Let this not be about me, but about you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And have a seat. It was the summer of 2014 when I got the text from one of my favorite friends and mentors. She and her family had just moved from Oak Park to Memphis. As they settled into Memphis, they found Fellowship Memphis and claimed it as their home church. And it wasn't long afterwards that they learned about the residency program there, including about Derek Puckett and Ricky Jenkins. My friend sent me a text that went something like this. I know you haven't always felt settled at our old church, I also know you look around for other church options from time to time. I thought I should tell you that our church is supporting a church plant in Chicago this fall. It's called Renewal Chicago, and she sent me the web address. That was it. Just a short text and no follow-up. I went to the website and I did some reading about the Puckett and Jenkins families. I read about where Renewal would meet and what their mission would be. I read about their vision for the city of Chicago. I saw that Derek and Ricky are black men who would lead the church. As a parent of black children, this mattered to me then, and it matters to me now. 
Representation matters. Leaders who look like my children, it matters. But that's a message for another day. We couldn't attend the first couple of Sundays because I was running a half marathon on one and we were out of town the next Sunday. But that third Sunday we visited and Derek has it absolutely right. Zachariah walked out of Sunday school and said, man, we got to go back there. And we've never looked back. Renewal is our church home. Other than being an interesting story about how we came to renewal, what does this have to do with lighting, finding your passion and lighting that fire? Good question. The mission of renewal is renewing hearts for the gospel, rebuilding lives through discipleship, and releasing people for city and global impact. Today, I'm going to share with you about how God has released me and what that looked like in my almost 50 years now of living. I'm not 50 yet. (laughs) Don't forget it, Dave. My brother's here today. That blesses my heart big. The message today is going to look at the following two things. Number one, be a hearer of the word. Pursue the word of God. Live it. Breathe it. Make it part of everything you do. And number two, because of that first thing, become a doer. Act on the word of God. Move your feet. Find your passion. Be a doer. Let's look back at the scripture and see what our family story has to do with release. Pursue the word of God. There have been many meaningful passages of scripture for me in my life. As an adult, one that has been most meaningful is this first chapter of James, and it's probably obvious for many reasons why. Ultimately, my leaning into these verses would be what would kick off the vision for pure and faultless. I'd like to share with you a little bit about what that looked like. Looking at verse 22, James writes that we have to be doers of the word. That's really the essence of what the first chapter of James is talking about, and we'll get to that. But it also says, not just hearers. And when I saw that, I thought, don't miss that really important word. We do have to be hearers, not only hearers, but hearers nonetheless. We have to pursue the word of God, seek it, Find it, live it. It's like Psalm 34, verse 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Remember a few weeks ago when Pastor Derek taught about going deep in the word? It was part of the Deep and Wide series that we did. This, This part of verse 22 reminds me of that sermon series, digging deep into the word of God. I can think back over my life um, as a journey ever closer to Jesus and yet so far away, and back over those times when I've been in active pursuit of my relationship in Jesus, in contrast to other times when I've been too busy, too distracted, not committed enough. There's a difference, isn't there? A difference in response to difficult situations, a difference in reaction, a difference in generosity, ouch, a difference in grace, a difference in the way we treat one another, so much difference just around the amount of time that we spend in prayer or in the Bible or as scripture says, thinking on things that are holy, righteous, uplifting, and good. Scripture tells us that we should study God's commandments and reflect on his ways. I will delight in his decrees and not forget his word. That's from Psalm 119. What does that look like for you? How do you delight in God's scripture and remember his word? Someone once told me, and it may have been from this pulpit, either Ricky or Derek, that when life flies in the face of our plans or our opinions or our our me state of the heart, 
What bubbles up? It represents the state of our heart. When the milk is spilled for the 20th time, and I have to stop that swear word from coming out of my mouth at the last minute, state of my heart. When I'm cut off in traffic and I feel the overwhelming urge to wave a certain inappropriate finger, come on now, state of my heart. The ugliness aside from Christ is overwhelming. These are some questions I meditated on when pure and faultless was just a dream, a tiny seed in my head. How could I both go deeper in the word of God and also exercise my passion to reach people for Christ at the same time? As I pondered God's plan for my life and the passions I was beginning to identify, I reflected on Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It reads, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul and spirit, joints and marrow, as it judges the thoughts and purposes of the heart. What were my thoughts and purposes? Where would I spend my time? How would I seek to glorify God? Just like pure and faultless, pursuit of God's goodness and holiness is part and parcel to the mission and passion of Renewal Church. I want to continue to dive deep into hearing and reading and listening and pursuing the word. It's step A to everything that follows. It's the foundation. If we look back at the book of James, the verses move into the mirror reflection analogy, and this is part of where our logo came from for Pure and Faultless. What happens when we're hearers of the word and really internalize it? We change. Our continence changes, our face changes, our priorities change, our life changes. And when we look on our reflection, the change is obvious. We don't look and see same old, same old and move on. We are a changed being. I remember when I was a teenager, I would see people who were older than I was, who had gone before me. And these people who truly loved Jesus, who had internalized his word, who wanted nothing more than to sit at Jesus' feet all day long in his presence. You know those people? Some of them in this church, lots of them in this church. What stands out about them to me is that they shine. Their faces are literally alight with Jesus. When they look, when you see their reflection, you can't look away. These hearers of the word are serious about their time with Jesus and serious about the change that takes place in their life when they embrace Jesus as Savior. Yes, we're to be hearers of the word for sure. We need to eat daily from the word and internalize the messages which push us to look outside of ourselves, care for others, and become a doer. Because as 2 Timothy says in chapter 3, every scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the person dedicated to, get to God may be, listen to this, capable and equipped for every good work. I remember praying so many times, Lord, make me equipped for good works. Break my heart for what breaks your heart. Not because it's morally right and a demonstration of kindness, which of course it is, but this, hear this, but because the gospel compels sincere believers to acts of mercy. Say that again. The gospel compels sincere believers to acts of mercy. 
Yes, being a hearer of the word is the very thing that prepares us and makes us ready to be a doer because true faith in Jesus Christ expects that we take the next step in lovingly caring for his children wherever they are made known to us. So what if you're here today and you don't know Jesus or don't have a relationship with him yet? To you I say, welcome. We are so glad you're here, sincerely so glad you're here. Will you become a hearer with us? Will you taste and see with us? I invite you to look at scripture and see what the Lord has for you. Talk to your neighbor or someone next to you, even if you don't know him, it's all good. We've all been there. Every single one of us, there was a time when we didn't know. Talk to Pastor Derek or Pastor Luke after the service. All of us were at a place where we didn't know, and this is your opportunity to come into fellowship with us. So start with your Bible, maybe open to the book called John and begin to see what the Lord has for you and for all of us. And then after you've tasted, we get to the second step, which is really exciting step for me. Take a look at God, how, at how God asks us to be a doer. Have you read Richard Stern's book, The Hole in Our Gospel? I actually read it a number of years ago, and if you haven't read it, I commend it to you. Um, I still think back to how that book challenged me to care for people Jesus called the least of these throughout the entire Bible, and especially in the New Testament. There are, as Derek mentioned, over 2,000 verses of scripture that address how we are to respond when confronted with needy people, or how we are to reach out to needy people, or how we are to prioritize needy people. Verses about justice and liberty and mercy. Verses challenging us to be doers of the word. Messages about being released for city and world impact. That's right back to our three-prong mission at this church releasing people for city, state, country, and global impact. I remember reading that back in 2009 and feeling like I couldn't move my feet fast enough to get to work on the gospel mission I felt God was revealing to me. It was then, way back in 2009, that the first notes about Pure and Faultless were scribbled into a notebook that I later shared with my friend Katie. I have observed in my life time after time that people with God-given visions or passions or dreams are people who have what the Bible calls a fire in their bones. In Jeremiah 20, verse 9, it says, If I say I will not mention him or speak him any more in his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot hold it in. Boy, did I feel that back in 2009. The passion burned so deep it couldn't be contained. Have you ever experienced that? I know some of you have. What causes a Division I scholarship athlete to forego his passion for football in the name of Jesus? What makes a doctor in Chicago take a pass on the specialties that could pay her so-called real money to serve in Lawndale? What could possibly prompt a broken pastor's life to look on the homeless population of the city and want to do more? Why would you move your family to a developing country for 10 years, have two more children, and live in a culture completely different than your own? Who wants to serve in an inner city school where, if you believe the hype, students don't care and teachers care even less? Why would you adopt a child with significant special needs like both Down syndrome and autism? Does your pursuit of Jesus result in your desire to chase 
after the things of his heart? Is he breaking your heart for what breaks his? These example, examples, they're real. And in the church for the most part. Derek is the athlete. The doctor is Liz. The homeless advocate is Arloa Sutter, the founder of Breakthrough Urban Ministries. The family in Mexico, Pastor Luke and Lindsay. The inner city schools, Chica, and many others of you. The last one that I mentioned who adopted a child with Down syndrome and autism, my friends Chris and Allie. These people in our own church, and I didn't even touch on many more of you who are serving like crazy, praise Jesus. James chapter 1 verse 25 reads, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Let's don't be doers who, for, who forget and walk away unchanged by the power of the Spirit, but rather be doers who act on our changed being. We are a new creation, and it's like the song that we all sang when we were little. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine across the world. So let me tell you a little bit at this point about pure and faultless. The name came from verse 27 of the chapter we're looking at, which reads, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is caring for widows and orphans in their distress. When my friends and I started the organization, we wanted to come alongside professionals who have Jesus-given passions in developing countries and ignite their passion and their fire for the Lord. The idea was that instead of plopping down another well-intentioned nonprofit that we Americans thought the developing country needed, we would seek deep, life-giving, life-sustaining relationships with professionals in the countries that we love and ask them what they need. Seek out the Jesus lovers in the developing country and come alongside these people who have a burning passion inside and just need some legs to get moving. And Pure and Faultless was born. Our first and most enduring project is Rahab's Corner in Uganda. Rahab's Corner has long been the dream of my friend Maureen, who's a Ugandan social worker who burns bright for the Lord. Maureen's dream was to reach out and help women and girls in Kampala slums become more. She wanted to introduce them to Jesus and help them soar. Let's watch the video that describes Rahab's Corner, and then I want to share with you some of my own experiences there. My name is Kate. My name is Kenton Mervini.
My name is Mulunji Penina. I'm Namara Sara. When you walk down in the slums of Kampala in Uganda, you ask yourself, how do people in this slum survive? The girls who are in the slums, they don't have anyone to support them, struggling to survive with their babies. If there's no one to stand beside them or help them out, they will remain in the slums and they will produce children and these children will grow up in the slums and it will continue and continue. So I thought if chance was given to me, I would really help this kind of women. And one time God answered that. I think one of the really beautiful things about Rahab's Corner is that it is a Ugandan dream. It is Maureen's dream and we are really just empowering her. First of all, we need to show them the love of God and restore the original design that God intended for them. And then we equip them with different skills so that in future when we resettle them, they have a skill they could survive on. The transformations that we've seen, you know, it's been sometimes even more than we would ever have dreamed. It's just amazing that when you give love and just show God's grace, um, the opportunities and the way that women can be empowered and they can grow. It, it is very fulfilling. You see the change in them. They now look confident. They have hope. They know what their future is going to be and they are ready to go for it. When they opened Lahab's Corner, I was one of the lucky girls to be brought in with my children. After talking with Maureen, I decided to practice hairdressing because I wanted to prepare a future for my children. I even decided to commit my life to Jesus and begin going to the church to pray. I want to work hard to make sure my children grow up with a better life. When I came here, I didn't know that I would go even back to school. But I see now I go to school. Now I see everything is possible because they say with God everything is possible. I can achieve my dream because there I was, I didn't, I didn't think that I would become Manda doctor. By now I see here when I'm going to school, I'm getting everything and Wanda will become a doctor. I'm still studying because it has been just months, but now I know that I can do something because I've studied for three months now and I've made some stuff. So I know that I can make more beautiful things. I'm much, much more happy and hopeful because in about one and a half years I'll be done with school. Once I finish my degree, I'd love to do farming on a large scale, dealing in animals, fruits, vegetables, and on a large scale. The first day I made a skirt, I was so, so happy. I was so, so happy and I'll keep that forever because I didn't imagine myself making that. So every day I go on the sewing machine, I do it from my heart. What I want for my daughter's life is a good education and a loving home. Being at Rahab's Corner has made us have a family and a home. She has playmates here, she's happy, she plays and they get along so well. I am what I am today 
because Maureen took me from the slums. I am so grateful for her and everyone with Pure and Fortress. This transformation is not by money's making, it's God's making. It has come because God purposed it. It has come because people are there to love on them, to show them hope, to show them love, to care for them, and build confidence and just be patient with them. The girls are changing, but they are also going out and changing others. So we want people to invest so that we can see lives changed. We want to see the girls off the streets. We want to see communities impacted by these girls who have been here. I never thought that someone one day will care of me, starting from the head to the bottom. I'm getting everything that I've ever dreamt of here. So I will be grateful for that for the rest of my life. If you come here, see these girls, love on them, give your time, be patient with them, invest money in them, then you are changing a generation and you're changing a nation. In the video, Maureen said, and I want to highlight, Rahab's Corner is not by man's making, or Maureen's making, or Pure and Faultless's making, but by God's making. God has purposed it, and that's right. God planted a seed in Maureen's heart over a decade ago. Maureen and I met during my adoption of Leah from Uganda in 2010. We kept in touch, and we are sisters. Then God lit a burning fire in me for pure and faultless, and look what the Lord has done. Last week, we received the last money we need to complete the building of our safe compound in Uganda, all because we moved our feet after hearing the word of God. Maureen is a doer, and she's an example for all of us about our God-given passions. I remember in late 2014 and early 2015 when Maureen and I were dreaming together about Rahab's Corner that would be a ministry of pure and faultless. Remember, these grew up separately. Maureen had this vision for Rahab's Corner and ministering to prostitutes in Uganda separate from the pure and faultless vision that happened in the United States. My eldest son, Zachariah, and I traveled together to meet um, uh, Maureen in Uganda and meet some of the first residents of Rahab's Corner. The afternoon of the meeting, Zachariah and I walked up on a hill where three women and two girls were sitting. Maureen was in the office at the time, and um, the women didn't really speak very good English, so I tried to communicate with them a little bit. We said hello, and we exchanged names, and I was curious about these two younger girls who were there, so I asked each of the women if they were their daughters. Are these your girls who are here with you? Um, Each of them laughed uncomfortably and said no to me, which I found strange. I was a little confused. Then Maureen came outside and she introduced me to each of the women and then to the girls. Because here's the thing, and hear me on this. These two girls were 12 years old. And they were not the children of the three women that were there. They were proposed residents of Rahab's Corner. They had both been prostituted by family members who were desperate to survive. And here they were, young, precious, and playing Angry Birds with my son on my smartphone. Babies. My heart was ripped to shreds that day, 
And today, more than half of our residents, more like 75%, are under the age of 17. Um, and we've had residents as, long, as young as eight in our program. I think back to the series that we're in right now that Derek talked a little bit about, about crossing lines. What does it look like to do life with a woman who was a prostitute or who is a prostitute? What does it look like to do life with an eight-year-old who was prostituted? Should we find out, Renewal? Amidst this depressing reality, there was the backdrop of James um, 1.27. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and keep oneself unstained from the world. Other versions read, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is to look after widows and orphans. How appropriate that God would purpose for us to serve women and girls who feel anything but pure and faultless and worthy as prostitutes in a slum surviving, struggling to survive. How amazing that we get to be part of teaching them that they are daughters of a king, fully redeemed and restored, amen? I wanna talk about verse 27 just for a minute because it was really the nucleus of the birth of pure and faultless. First, religion. That's an interesting word there, isn't it? Religion as in the practice, the repeated practice of doing something over and over to honor the Lord, a habit. That religion of caring for others, God calls it pure, blameless, faultless. What high praise. Even amidst my sin and my yuck and my daily, hourly, minute-by-minute failing, my acts of caring for the poor, as the gospel commands, is called pure. Wow, that's a high calling. And caring for widows and orphans. Why widows and orphans? I took a look at this when we launched Pure and Faultless. In Bible times, it probably doesn't really surprise anyone that the most vulnerable in society were widows, orphans, and foreigners. Women who had been left alone, children who were left alone, and strangers in a new land. The word of God draws attention to the most needy in society and calls on his people, you and me, to care for them. As believers in 2017, what does that mean to us? Well, let's start on a personal level. When my family and I made Renewal Chicago our home, like many of you, we met Derek and Kaylee. We got to know one another and they were quickly up to speed on my family and our jam. But ha what happened next was unexpected. Derek and Kaylee cared for us. They reached out to me. They asked about my children. They acknowledged that I'm a single mom doing life on my own. They asked how they could support us and pray for us and do life with us. They asked, how are you? And they really wanted to know how I really am, which I sometimes find really annoying. <laughs> but do you know what I realized in that process? I needed that, and I didn't even know it. Derek and Kaylee saw a need, what might be called a functional widow in today's world, and they sought to meet that need, the partnership need. It wasn't hard and it didn't take them a ton of time. They simply reached out to do life together, hand on the plow, visiting and caring for a woman who's alone in 2017. They blessed my heart so big and I'm humbled by it to this day. 
Now, listen up, our church is growing and it's gonna be a a lot more difficult for Derek and Kaylee to meet with and care for every single one of you all individually, amen? So this is where we get to come in. It's time for us to step up to the plate and be to one another what Derek and Kaylee are to me. Be the church to one another. Mentor one another's kids like Robbie and Lauren mentor Seth and Nina and Israel mentor Leah and Tony and Jenny mentor Zechariah. Share a meal, pray for each other, be the hands and feet amongst our church because the body is supposed to respond that way. But our calling, our life's purpose goes beyond these doors and beyond renewal. As our mission statement says, release for city impact. So we have to ask ourselves, who are the most needy people in 2017? Who are today's widows and orphans? Children and teens in Chicago, single moms, lower-income households, underserved communities, people who are homeless, people who are disabled, people who are oppressed. The list could be long. Take a minute and look into your heart. What is the passion that God has planted in you? Where will you serve? Who will you reach for Christ? What will your life's passion be? And I just did some quick brainstorming here. Serving at Wells High School? How about recurring, devoted, passionate prayer? Fasting periodically, giving to pure and faultless, serving at renewal, hosting a discussion on race relations, fighting for equality for the oppressed, reaching out to people who are homeless, providing tutoring at breakthrough. The list is literally endless. Perhaps you need to give someone in your life permission to ask you the hard questions about first, your hearing of the word of God, and then your motivation to do something with that word. And listen, it doesn't have to be complicated. Feel like you don't know your passion yet? That's okay. Recently, I had a conversation with one of my kids about his interests, and he told me that he found it very overwhelming because he just doesn't know what he's interested in. And I told him, that's okay. That's what childhood is all about. You try everything, try it all, and figure out what you like and go from there. And I thought about that when I was preparing this message, and I thought, that's kind of like this. We're all really children in this walk of faith with God, growing ever closer to um, Jesus. And we have to try things. We have to put them on and see how it feels. You don't know your God-given passion? Move your feet. Because once you move your feet like God commands, it's gonna become clear where you draw your energy in doing, maybe in prayer, maybe in fasting, the hunger walk, serving the homeless, teens, seniors, pick something and start. The rest will reveal itself in this journey called a life in Christ. In closing, I'm excited to see how the Lord might purpose renewal to link arms with pure and faultless down the road. We have ministries in Ukraine, Rwanda, and Uganda with with Rahab's Corner. Perhaps the Lord will allow us to have mission trips in these locations. Maybe God's calling calling to give you a love offering to pure and faultless. Maybe before our next trip, we can collect backpacks and school supplies for some of the girls and women at Rahab's Corner. It's hard to know how God will call and move us, but what we do know is that God holds the highest regard and calls pure, care for needy people in Jesus' name. God is inviting us to put action behind our faith, loving people in our communities and around the world, people who need a champion, people who need you. My family is passionate about a lot of things, orphan care, animals, racial justice and equality, just to name a few. We believe in being regular hearers of the word, renewing hearts for the gospel, sharing what we have heard, 
rebuilding lives through discipleship, and releasing for city and world impact. We are passionate about the city of Chicago, which is what brought us to renewal and what continues to inspire us to release in Chicago and Uganda and around the entire world in Jesus' name. So I close with this challenge to you. What's your passion? In Jesus' name, light it up. Let's pray.